to the Ardella Training Podcast, the authority in OBS strength and conditioning, where we're dedicated to bringing you cutting-edge topics in kettlebells, barbells, and bodyweight training to take your results to the next level. Now, here's your host, the scientist of strength, Scott Ardella. Hey, it's Scott, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Ardella Training Podcast. If you like the show, please drop a quick review in iTunes. And if you have questions or topic suggestions, please be sure to go to the Facebook fan page of Ardella Training and let me know. All right, in this episode, I'm going, I'm actually going into uncharted territory here, as you'll learn all about Olympic lifting with strength coach and former weightlifting competitor, Danny Camargo. Uh, I met Danny and had the pleasure to personally train under him at the USAW Level 1 Weightlifting Certification earlier this year, and he is outstanding. He's a dynamic young coach that has a lot of passion for what he teaches. And if you don't know anything about Olympic weightlifting, you will learn everything you need to know about getting started in this episode. And if you're already skilled in the O-lifts, you will definitely learn some ways to continue uh, and move along in your training progressions. As with all strength training approaches, you should know what your goals are, what you're training for when considering whether a certain method or modality is right for you. So this may or may not fit into your training approach. For myself, I will tell you that weightlifting, as described here, is about strength, movement efficiency, motor learning, and power, which completely align with my own personal goals. So my point is to be clear about your own goals and understand what you're training for to determine if a method is right for you or not. All right, with that said, let me tell you about Danny before we jump into this great interview. Danny is a veteran in Olympic weightlifting, both as a competitor and a coach. He is currently the president of the Florida Weightlifting Federation, and he is also in his ninth year as a head coach, producing state, collegiate, and national champions. And he was recently promoted to the U.S. international level head coach. He has a highly respected and accomplished background as a coach in weightlifting and is extremely active in teaching certifications and seminars, as you will hear about in this interview. He's one of the most uh, well-known coaches in the sport of Olympic weightlifting with incredible passion and knowledge for, for the sport. Now, just to throw out some of Danny's impressive numbers, at the age of 21 at a body weight of 182 pounds, Danny completed a snatch of 334 pounds, and he completed a 396-pound clean and jerk. Now, these are extremely impressive lifts. Uh, So be sure to listen all the way through to learn and find out how you can enhance your training with the Olympic lifts. This is really, really good stuff, guys. So make sure that you listen all the way through. So with that said, let's get started with this great interview with Danny Camargo. Joining me today is Danny Camargo, a 20-year Olympic weightlifting veteran, athlete, and coach. And in this interview, you'll learn all about Olympic weightlifting, whether you're beginner or advanced. 
there's always more to learn. So Danny, thank you very much for being here today. I know you had a busy weekend. You're welcome, Scott. I appreciate it. All right. Well, Danny, let's let's jump right into this. Uh, for those that are listening that don't know who Danny Camargo is, can you tell people a little bit about your background and how you got started in Olympic weightlifting? Uh, I actually just, I, I, I fell into it. And, and when I'm asked this question, I often tell people, um, I, I start by telling them uh, I'm, I'm 35 years old. And I learned the snatch and clean and jerk when I was 12. Um, and, uh, you know, we, you, you often meet people who wish they would have started when they were early uh, and they were younger uh, in, in their athletic career. And I was really blessed. I just kind of fell into it. I was a, I was a Pop Warner football player. I was always fairly small, uh, decent athlete. I had a gymnastics background, but just I, I wasn't a superstar. I go into a, a weight room, the high school weight room at the age of 12 as a local middle school um, to, to, to try to get bigger and stronger, um, for football. And the very first day I walk in, I just happened to meet, um, a, a dean of the school at the time, uh, who pulled me aside and started asking me why I was there. He thought I was a little too young to be there, but it turns out he was a veteran Olympic weightlifting coach, very Olympic weightlifting minded and, uh, recruited me from that spot. You know, my, my, my guess was just my age. Uh, but as he yeah. saw me move and he, he assessed me and had me go through a series of movements uh, that that you know uh, fired him up and uh, convinced me to start the sport. I ended up quitting everything else I was doing up to that time. Wow! So you got started at a, a very young age, and how long did were you actively involved in competing? Um, in in weightlifting, well, I started twelve. I pretty much they threw me right into one of the first local meets a couple of months after that. And I retired at 21, so uh, nine wow. years. Wow. Okay. But let me ask you this also. What do you think is the ideal age to start Olympic weightlifting? Is younger, like your age, is that, is that kind of the, the best age to get started? Or I, I, I like to answer this question by saying uh, I'd give a range uh, because I, I, don't, I don't want to stick to a specific age because it really does depend on the genetics of the child or the growth of the child at that time, yeah, uh, I've, yeah. I've, I have introduced Olympic weightlifting to nine and 10 year olds. Uh, you know, we're talking extremely lightweight, uh, PVC pipe dowel rods, but they, they were, you know, maybe physically advanced at nine or 10. Um, I've met other nine and 10 year olds who I just didn't feel were quite ready. So I threw them in other, you know, um, varying, uh, exercises and fitness routines and worked on mobility and, and, and whatnot. Uh, if I have to give a range, I think ideal in a perfect world, anywhere between uh, nine and 12 years old is, okay. a, is a good range to at least introduce the sport. Okay. And let me ask you a question on the opposite end of the spectrum. What is the most advanced age that you've taught someone Olympic weightlifting? 65 years old. Wow. Wow. That was, uh, that, that was the oldest age of a person who had never done it and wanted to. Um, and, uh, and it's funny cause you, you, you actually have to treat them the same way Really, uh, wow. when you first introduce them, you know, you, yeah. you have to assume, um, that they don't have, uh, too much of an athletic background. If they do, it's minimal at that point. Yeah. Uh, with a 65 year old, in my example, I had some athletic background, was into fitness, but never with a barbell. And so if you make that assumption, your decisions and your introduction, they're always very basic, simple and just the fundamentals and, and, and you don't rush them in the learning process. Yep. Yep. All right. Let, let's take a step back and, um, 
I wonder if you could explain to people that aren't as familiar with Olympic lifting, what are the two contested Olympic lifts? Uh, the snatch and the clean and jerk. Okay. And you spend a lot of time, I imagine a lot of time going through the, the technical uh, progressions of, of both of these, these lifts. I do. Okay. I do. And, and it's funny, you, you, you clearly have to do so more for the novice and the beginner. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's funny because you may have an elite lifter and uh, perhaps in this interview, we'll, 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 we'll be able to touch on that a bit. But when you're dealing with an elite or an experienced advanced weightlifter, yeah. even to the very end of their career, they may be tweaking and changing and modifying how they uh, move with the barbell. Uh, so the idea of technique uh, when it comes to Olympic weightlifting um, doesn't ever really ever end for the for the practitioner. It's just always something you're working on. And, and the reason why you're always working on it is that once you're proficient, you feel comfortable with it. Um, you might you might find that um, by changing grip, changing feet stance and, and, and adding to what you already know might give you just that little extra edge. Uh, it will it will be a hot topic for the duration of your career. Definitely. Definitely. Now, you know, my background is not Olympic lifting, although I'm, you know, recently, you know, really um, getting into it. And because I, I feel that, you know, Olympic lifting, I, I love the technical aspect and, you know, the strength and power. And um, it's really about movement. I mean, would you agree that, uh, you know, Olympic lifting is really about moving efficiently, moving well with a bar? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I would, I would agree. And, uh, you know, I, I, I write articles. Um, I, I answer interviews. Uh, like this one, I do a lot of seminars and I teach a lot. And, you know, oftentimes when people ask questions, sometimes the same question, as you're answering, you think of a new way to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, w I would certainly say so. All right. Uh, you just mentioned uh, article writing and, you know, I happen to just see, I, I'm just coming off a, a Olympic lifting seminar this weekend and I picked up the uh, latest box life magazine, the June, July, 2013 issue, which you have a featured article in there about the hang, which is really, really awesome. I happened to be flipping through it last night and there you were. So really cool. Yeah. looks like a great yeah. article. Yeah. Thank you. I've written for uh, box life since uh, they began actually. And I'm working on another one for the next issue. Um, I, I do my best actually to, to listen to the regular, the common questions I get and then answer them in, in articles uh, yes. when I write. Uh, so, so I know that I'm addressing the masses. Okay. Danny, what would you say the, um, average learning curve is? And I know there's going to be a variation and of course it depends on the, the individual's background, but in, in general, what is the average, uh, time frame for someone to be you know, fairly proficient and, you know, I mean, safe and, and moving well, you know, doing the snatch and the clean and jerk. Uh, I'll, I'll answer that by saying um, my, my philosophy when it comes to, to that question, to that technique is in the end, as long as the form for the athlete is safe, efficient and comfortable, those are my three in my philosophy. Those are my three main points. Once you've achieved all three, um, that is what I would equate to as perfect technique. And it's, and it's, it's relative to the individual. I mean, I think there's no such thing as a perfect technique out there because again, it's relative to the individual. Uh, but to answer your question, I would say on average now, now I do deal with some, you know, advanced athletes who come through my gym from different sports. And I also 
uh, deal with those who have no athletic background. So summarizing, I would say six to eight weeks, you can, on average, find that people uh, are able to produce a safe and, and proficient movement. Uh, perfect for them yet? Is it ice? Is it mastery? No, no. But yeah, I, I would right, say right. six to eight weeks is average. Yeah. I think like you said, you know, I mean, this is something that you really, um, you know, mastery is years in the process. And even the, you know, elite athletes are still working on refining their techniques and their, their grip and things like that. So, but, um, yeah, so mastery is just this process, right? It's just ongoing with Olympic lifting. Yeah, I would, I I would say so. And if I had to put a definition to what mastery is in Olympic lifting, I would say the point at which the athlete uh, no longer thinks about what they have to do, but rather feel the movement, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I, I recently was working out with some of my weightlifters and I decided, you know, I'm going to get in there and we should get in with him and, and start training. And they enjoy that from time to time, especially they call me an old man. So I got to, you know, I got to step up to the challenge there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I get in there with him and um, I start working out and I went up to the bar, executed a set, and one of my younger kids asked me, Coach, what do you think about when you lift, right before you're lifting? What is it that goes through your mind? Maybe you can help me out uh, because he's, he's learning. And uh, when he asked me that question, I realized nothing, actually. I, I think I step up to the bar, and uh, it, it's more of a sensation. Uh, and, and what I've tried to create every time is what feels right. And I know after the reps and sets over the life, of lifting that I've had is what feels right. And so yeah. I think, I think mastery can be defined as when you get to that point where you just don't have to, you know, it's not a cognitive thing. It's right. just autonomous. I think there's actually a term for that. And I, if I'm remembering it correctly, it's unconscious competence. And yeah, it's yeah. again, yeah. I mean, you don't have to think about it. It really just becomes naturally as opposed to, let's say myself, for example, you know, I'm thinking about all these different details, you know, when I'm setting up as an, as I'm moving through the, the progressions and things like that, where you, you know, you've been doing it for so long. It's just this unconscious, um, movement competence that you have. So that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to ask you, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking everyone else out there to ask themselves when they're listening to this is. What happens then to you when you sit there and you think about every position on the way up when you're lifting? Yeah. I mean, down. yeah. I mean, I, I try not to think about, you don't want to overthink it, right? Because that's when you run into trouble if you start thinking about all the details. So you think about maybe one, maybe two things and that's it. Um, and you try to, you know, improve on that one or two things. And then you kind of hopefully build that unconscious competence with that one thing and you move on to the next fault that you're working on. At least that's my approach anyway. That's, that's correct. I, I would agree a hundred percent on that. You, you can't, you can't try to fix everything at the same time, but right. focus on the one aspect that might give you the greatest return. Yes. Danny, let's talk about uh, getting started. So someone that's listening that, uh, you know, they've been thinking about Olympic lifting. Uh, maybe they don't know that much about it. Um, but you know, they're hearing about it because certainly let, let's face it, you know, CrossFit is doing a lot for, um, bringing Olympic lifting into the forefront, you know, getting a lot more, you know, Olympic lifting is probably more popular nowadays than it's ever be, than it ever has been. So how do you recommend, what's the best way for someone to get started? Well, I'll, um, I'll answer that. And I, I'm, you bring up a good point that that is such a, a common comment. I hear often that CrossFit has revitalized the sport of weightlifting. Yes. Um, yes. and, and there is, there is a, 
there's no doubt that CrossFit has certainly exposed the movements, the snatch, the clean and jerk, and all the variables, all the variations, um, to way more people uh, than ever before. Uh, and, and I'm actually living the dream right now. I was a part of the sport when no one ever cared about it, uh, <laughs> when it was unpopular. And uh, now I'm in a position where I thankfully have a ton of experience. And then I began coaching almost immediately after my career ended and had some really great athletes and acquiring credentials and experience and, and a good resume. And guess what? Now people actually care. And it's fi finally, I, I have an opportunity to share my experience with a lot of people. Yes. Uh, the only difference, so the only hang up with that comment is that uh, though it certainly has CrossFit especially or the strength and conditioning field industry period has exposed a lot more people to the movements. It hasn't necessarily developed uh, better weightlifters uh, for the time being, and it certainly hasn't um, uh, increased participation in the sport. Uh, I just got back from uh, really? nationals, several different nationals this year. There's a junior division, a youth division, nationals in weightlifting, and uh, USA weightlifting is still seeing the same amount of participation uh, in the competitions. Um, and we haven't necessarily seen any more record-breaking performances. Um, most of the weightlifters at the top, at the national level, yeah. are specialized. And they may not CrossFit um, for the most part. Now, right. I'm talking about just for the time being. This could change. Right. right. Uh, maybe over the coming years, the popularity of the movements okay. may, may lead into revitalizing the sport. Um, so I'm glad you said that, yeah, okay. uh, but, but going back to the question, I would say that, uh, the easiest thing that someone can do, um, is find a local CrossFit gym. And the reason why I would say start there is only because there are so many, um, at your disposal these days. Uh, you can, anyone can begin, uh, with a Google search and find a local CrossFit to CrossFit gym to them. Yes. Um, another option is contact USA Weightlifting or visit their site at usaweightlifting.org. And listed on their site is every recognized uh, weightlifting club. Uh, there's just fewer and they're further between um, than, than maybe CrossFit boxes. Um, either avenue will get them started and contact those people and say, I want to come in and I want to learn the movements. Um, any experienced CrossFit gym will have a trainer or two competent enough to introduce the movements uh, to the uh, novice, to the beginner. Okay. Uh, certainly any club listed under USA Weightlifting, that is what they do. The club is full-time weightlifting team, and they, and they more, more than likely compete often uh, and produce weightlifters. So either avenue, that's the, that's the starting place. Okay. And how do you know if you have a – properly qualified strength coach. I mean, uh, what, what do you need to look for as far as certifications or, uh, training experience? What's, what's really important for people to find a, a really good coach? Well, more and more people, more and more trainers are getting, are getting certified, um, through both CrossFit level one and USA weightlifting level one. I I've been teaching USA weightlifting level one and level two, actually, um, since 2003. 2004, uh, so about 10 years now. And I used to teach the USAW level one years ago where there'd be five to 10 people tops in the course. Wow. Wow. Well, I, just, I just did one last month that had uh, 45. Wow. 
Sure. Yeah. So they have a certification and they went through the class. And it's certainly if they took it, if they're taking it with me, you know, I do my best in those courses to add more information other than what's in the curriculum in a, in a positive manner and encourage them to continue their education after the class. Because, listen, how much can you really, really learn in, in two days? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so you have a lot more people who are certified and that's wonderful. But that doesn't necessarily mean um, that they have a ton of experience yeah. or competent yet. That's just maybe a starting point for them. Yeah. I would suggest uh, first start with just locating the gym. Once you're at that gym, uh, get your hands on a trainer who can introduce them to the movements. Um, the things you want to look for, sure, find out what their background is. Um, you know, certainly if if their credentials say that they were once a weightlifter themselves competing at a local and national level, they don't have to be champions, Yeah. but, but they have the, the experience of being there, really good sign. And, and that means because to get to that level for the majority of people, they have dedicated and specialized in the movement long enough to get them to that level. Um, and those who had done it themselves, and not just for fitness, but for competitive reasons, more than likely uh, they can communicate a little bit better. They can communicate and share what it felt like for them. And so now that they're teaching others, um, it's a, it's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. And very be, and then, and I would definitely suggest people be very, very careful because unfortunately there are several individuals who have maybe minimal experience out there and they are embellishing and falsely uh, advertising themselves of having way more experience. Um, and, and we've seen that on the internet uh, recently. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and it's a shame. It's a shame. It's not necessary to lie about your credentials. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good tip is to really look for someone, um, you know, that has that uh, Olympic weightlifting background themselves. Because, you know, certainly they're going to have the, uh, you know, technical proficiency of, of movement and the movement skills. And, um, and you know, then the other question would be, you know, can they teach it effectively? You, you know that if they've been competing at a, a certain level, they're going to have the movement skills and, you know, hopefully they're able to translate that, translate that into, you know, teaching. Absolutely. So I think that's a really good, really good tip. <clears throat> Danny, let's talk about, um, injuries. <laughs> Cause I think that's maybe something that there might be a certain perception of, uh, you know, weightlifting, uh, injuries and things like that. And, you know, I actually took the, uh, level one cert under you back in, um, January of this year. And that was really just my, my starting point. So again, I'm not a, uh, former weightlifter, but I, I have a, a big background in weight training and, you know, different areas of weightlifting, not Olympic lifting at all. So I'm not saying that, but I learned a lot from you in that weekend course. But like you just said, that is a starting point. And I realized that when I went through it, Hey, this is just the, the beginning for me. Right. Um, but you talked about the incidence of, of lift related injuries. So can you, can you talk about that a little bit? I think that's really yeah. important for people yeah. to understand. I, I, I'm a victim. <laughs> victim right. a couple of times in my career uh i don't want to scare any listener out there at all uh, weightlifting is a very safe sport let me let me be more clear here weightlifting is not dangerous poor coaching is dangerous yeah uh, and i was blessed enough to have amazing coaches and uh and go very very far i never made the olympic team uh, i don't ever claim to ma have made an Olympic team, uh, but I did everything else underneath it. I was a U.S. team member. 
Um, I traveled to the Pan Am Championships and competed. I competed in the World, the Junior World Championships several times, and I represented the United States in international competition, uh, you know, nine times. Um, that said, I was at an elite level uh, of weightlifting, and for anyone out there, if you're watching the Olympic Games, there's absolutely no athlete you're watching on TV who is not uh, or who is pain-free. Uh, I'm not saying they're injured. They're, they're in the top shape of their lives, but they're a little achy. It's just a part of going through um, uh, their sport. It's just a part of the game. All right. Uh, so I, I think that the, the more serious you take any sport, but let's take weightlifting since this is what this interview is about, um, you may experience a little discomfort, a little achy, a little pain from time to time, yeah. uh, depending on how serious you do it. Uh, but if we're talking about injury, I will say that in my experience, um, weightlifting has the lowest occurrence of injury than maybe more popular sports. Now, maybe that's because there's more people doing those other popular sports. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an athlete pool thing. Okay. Um, All right. uh, statistically, uh, there's there's low injury. Uh, again, let, let's take it back to the beginning of this interview. So long as the athlete has learned safe, efficient, and are comfortable in their form, they will really minimize injury. And should they get injured, it was an acute, um, random act in the middle of something that came out of nowhere that, that was unexpected. Okay. So the way that we best avoid injuries is just really making sure that we're really dialed into our, our safe, efficient movement technique and just getting the proper coaching. I think that was, that quote is awesome. And I've heard similar things, you know, weightlifting is not dangerous. Poor coaching is dangerous. So it's all about getting the right coaching and learning the proper technique. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Otherwise then stay in, in lightweight. Um, you know, if someone has yet to, uh, to become proficient, but they're relatively light in their weight and they use it for fitness purposes, you know, great, wonderful. Uh, it's, it's still not right mechanics, uh, but, you know, the risk of injury is still fairly low. Uh, it, it's when you begin to uh, increase the intensity. And in weightlifting, intensity refers to the amount of weight on the barbell. Right. Uh, it's just foolish, foolish to go heavy if you're not proficient. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Danny, what are the uh, prerequisites for for the movement skills with a snatch and uh, clean and jerk? What, what do you need to be able to do well, maybe before you know attempting these these type of lifts? Well, I think I, I, if I had to answer, I would say you need mobility in your shoulders, your hips, and your ankles. Yes, uh, simple yeah. way. If you yeah. if you are flexible in your shoulders. Uh, oh, never, not even say flexible. I mean, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me restate what I mean. You just need to be able-bodied in your shoulders, hips, and ankles. Uh, you know, you have. I mean, what is flexibility? Some people are more, far more flexible and are hypermobile yeah. at times. Yeah. You just need to be able-bodied, and what that means is your shoulders are capable of being in positions overhead while in the squat position. Right. Without, without any weight, first of all. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's some things I do to assess people when they first start. Um, but having said all of that, if someone is not quite able-bodied in shoulders or hips and ankles, uh, I, I'm still going to introduce it to the sport. I, I'm still going to show them movement. I, I want to get other mechanics down. I want them to comprehend and conceptualize what, where we want to go in the end. 
uh, I would not say, and I can, I can say with confidence, I have never turned anyone away when after assessing, you can clearly see they have some serious mobility issues and flexibility issues. Okay. Uh, I've still given it to them anyway, so we, we just have to modify how much I give them. Okay. So you mean then you would uh, maybe not have them do a snatch overhead rock bottom squat. You might modify um, how they're going to do that uh, based on on their limitation. So if they can't get the overhead uh, shoulder mobility in that position, then well, well, let's take that as a specific example. What What would you do with that person that doesn't have the thoracic and the shoulder mobility to bring a, a dowel rod overhead? Uh, in the squat position? Yes. Yeah, what I would do with them and say, great. Clearly, we have to work on that. So I will not allow them to uh, attempt squat snatch or in weightlifting terms, full snatch or just the snatch. Um, I would I would limit them to the power snatch. Uh, most people um, can still have the overhead position while standing up. Right, right. So, so now we're talking the power position, which is a huge key for me. It's a very big point um, that I stress from day one. And then the hang positions. And uh, I'll do everything else but just limit them uh, then to power snatch and tell them we're not going to worry about uh, squat snatching for the time being. I will work on their mobility and slowly get them to a point where we can then retest that and get them further down uh, long term. Right. All right. That sounds like a, a very reasonable approach. Danny, what about programming? I wonder if you could touch on that um, a little bit. What do you recommend for someone that um, you know is starting out with Olympic lifting and they want to focus on on Olympic lifts? Maybe talk about uh, days of week training and uh, maybe uh, reps, sets, that type of thing. J and just in general terms. Yeah, general. Um, and that's tough. <laughs> but programming is such a yeah controversy. <laughs> It's a, it's a sure is. It's a big question. Programming. Everyone yeah. wants to know about yeah. programming. Yep. Yeah. And, and but but so we'll we'll keep it general because yes. I think I, I think I think any you can get a, a room full of coaches that all disagree on programming, but they can all agree on the general aspect. Yes. It, it's when you get down into splitting hairs is when they will argue. Um. Here's my philosophy. I start with first. What exactly is it that the person wants to do with the movements. Um, I cannot answer the question of programming for someone starting off until I know what their goal is with it, the purpose with it. Uh, there's, there's multiple reasons why someone wants to institute Olympic lifting into their um, fitness routine, fitness programming. If they're competitors, um, the programming when they begin is a little different. Uh, I do want them training five days a week if possible. Uh, I, do, I do limit to about an, uh, an hour to 90 minutes. Definitely a, a lot of reps and, you know, in weightlifting, a lot of reps is five. Yes. You know, right. At least in the multi-joint movements um, or the complex movements. Um, I want these individuals to be exposed to as many variations of the lifts as possible. Um, so they get exposure uh, to all of the movements. Um, again, hang, overhead squats, what have you, so that it can help perfect the whole purpose, the snatch, the clean and jerk, because that is those those are the two lifts uh, we already covered are the competitive events for them. Right. Okay, but that's a competitor. If if I'm if I'm face to face with someone who says I don't ever want to be a, a weightlifter, 
competitively. I just want to learn the movements to get better um, in my wads, in my Metcons for CrossFit. Yeah. Um, I don't want them doing lifts then five days a week, um, maybe three days a week. Um, and in those three days, I can and have been able to cover snatch twice in that week and clean and jerk twice in that week. Um, there would be a ton of mechanics in there. And I might even tweak their programming to also cover the idea of tap and go, uh, which is you know basically after a lift is complete, resetting to the floor position and, and, and redoing a lift immediately after with little to no hesitation. Um, so I would treat them a little bit different than I do the, uh, I would program them differently than I would a competitor. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense is, you know, first step is really knowing, you know, someone's goals and really what they want. And, you know, like you said, you know, are they trying to compete or are they just trying to kind of learn safe, uh, efficient technique with Olympic lifts and have them be a part of their programming. And then that's going to determine kind of where to go and, and what type of programming is best for, for their needs. I mean. Correct. Danny, what about uh, workshops and seminars? Uh, what do you recommend for people that are um, already doing Olympic lifting and they want to continue to, you know, refine and develop their skills? Maybe they're not interested in competing, but they want to, they want to get better. They want a little bit extra focus with the Olympic lifting. Uh, so what, what type of workshops, seminars do you recommend that are out there that people can go to really develop and refine their skills? Well, um, for those who just uh, want to learn for themselves, um, I feel workshops, um, seminars are the best places uh, to get that information in a short period of time, other than hiring someone for either private lessons or group lessons on a regular basis. Right. Um, there's a ton. There's yeah. a ton of seminars being offered. Yeah. Um, they need to do the research. However, yeah. there, uh, you know, there's, there's a few, and I said it earlier, there's some um, fraudulent coaching going on. Um, and you'll know, you'll know what seminar and what coach could be worthy of paying the weekend price for that um, because their reputation will precede them. Yeah. Um, and, right. and, and they would have already been doing them long enough um, and have a good reputation. Uh, they're the best places to go because most workshops and seminars um, get the get the participant in, and it is a lot of hands-on, hands-on, and it's a good seminar. There's a ton of individual attention. You can provide that. Even a group of 30 people, uh, a good seminar knows how to break people up and, and get that, has enough coaching staff uh, or enough coaches on the staff to get that job done. Right. Uh, that, that's why I say seminars would be the best place uh, to go. Uh, in contrast, a certification course uh, such as the CrossFit Level 1, USA Weightlifting Level 1, uh, and a few others, uh, those certification courses um, are, might be a little less about the individual attention. They may just be very basic in their instruction, and it's because those courses are designed to uh, teach new people how to become trainers and introduce, introduce others. Uh, there's a ton of information that they have to crunch into a short period of time. So they cover the topic, but they have to move on. Uh, those certification courses are great uh, for those interested in becoming coaches. You should, you have to take those courses. Right. Uh, they're great resume builders, but they serve a little bit different purpose than a seminar would. Uh, going back, I think a seminar is just a little bit more intensive into training. 
Right, right. So do you want to talk about the, I know you're involved with a couple of different types of things. Um, like I mentioned earlier, you did the USAW level one and you do level two as well. And I think you do some other stuff. Um, if I remember correctly, as a matter of fact, I think you did something with uh, Greg Everett of Catalyst Athletics. Yes. Is that correct? And, yes. Um, uh, I have been teaching my own seminars uh, and workshops since 2008. Okay. First one. Um, and I've been doing multiple a year. Last year I did about seven. I already have 10 booked for this year, 2013. Um, they're weekend long, Saturday, Sunday, uh, a lot of hands-on, uh, some video. I do record every participant and I show them what they look like both in real time and, and in, uh, um, slow speed. And I do that for two reasons. One, there's a lot you can't quite, many, many newer practitioners can't quite see in real time what they need to see. Right. So I slow it down for them. And yeah. then by doing so then, I can show them in real time once again. And now the, the, the things that they saw in slow motion kind of pops out at them in real time when it didn't before. So I'm creating the eye as well. Um, I've been doing that for, for quite some time. That has led me uh, into working with other coaches. You mentioned Greg Everett. Um, I, 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 I love dealing with Greg Everett and speaking with him because we both sh happen to share the same philosophies. Uh, we're very similar in our approach, in our training, in our programming, um, in, in our, our mechanics. Uh, some slight variations, but the differences between us um, are not uh, differences of, of – um, methodology um, or philosophy, it's a difference of style. That's the only really difference. Right. Uh, he and I did an, an advanced seminar together. He hosted it, uh, planned most of it out. I did, uh, I was a presenter and we pretty much shared most of the responsibility and it was an awesome, awesome advanced course. It was three days long, very, very intense for the people walking out of it. Uh, but we've, we've done, we've done it two years in a row right now and it's been, it's been a, a good hit. Awesome. So who should attend uh, your seminars and where can people find out about um, attending and, and where is your gym, Danny? Oh, my gym is in Altamont Springs, uh, which is uh, two towns north, two cities north of Orlando, Florida. Uh, my gym is, is just over 15 minutes from downtown Orlando. Okay. Um, we're just north uh, in a town called Altamont Springs. The gym itself is called Altamont CrossFit and Sports Performance. Uh, we deal with a lot of athletes, a lot of newer CrossFitters, a lot of competitor, uh, competitive CrossFitters, and of course, right, yeah, of course, that's just a given. Uh, Olympic weightlifters as well. So we have several programs in our gym. Right. Um, our website is altamontcrossfit.com, and on there, anyone can get any information they need on either my seminars, uh, me as an individual coach doing lessons, any of my other coaches. Uh, we have an events page that's updated with all the seminars I do and the level ones. Uh, I get this question all the time. Coach, which one should I do, your seminar or the level one? <laughs> yeah, good you question. Know, yeah. yeah, It's a great question. Yeah. And um, I, uh, I'm not selfish with it. I, you know, <laughs> clearly, I can say, just do my seminar. I make more money. Uh, but, but it's really not really about that. I've dedicated my life. I'm a coach because I like to help others. I'm not a coach because I need – um, any reassurance about me or I need any kind of, uh, praise from anyone. I do it to help others. So when they ask me that, I ask them, well, is your interest to get better for yourself because you want to compete 
you want to be an athlete or as a trainer, you just want more intensity? Or are you looking to become certified, um, build a resume, and get the basics down so you can teach others? Right. And uh, when they answer that question, I tell them where they need to go. Um, and to be honest with you, Scott, I'm busy on both. Yeah. I'm yeah. busy that's, that's great. So if someone wants to deepen their skills, you know, let's say they have, maybe they've gotten started already and they, they want to enhance their skills is, uh, is your seminar, is that, uh, kind of the place they should go? Please. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the USA weightlifting course does a wonderful job, wonderful job of introducing the sport, introducing why you should use it into fitness and, and, uh, and fundamentals, um, in, in strength training and it does a wonderful job of showing uh, participants how to teach somebody else. Great course. Yeah. But if you're beyond that and you know now how to teach someone else and you're comfortable in how to show someone else and now it's time for you, then definitely my seminars would be, uh, would be the, the better place to, uh, to go. Excellent. I, I really liked what you said about, um, you know, recording, uh, someone going through a, a progression and, and showing them in real time and in slow time, because, um, I actually did that, you know, this, this weekend in, in the course I was at, I had my, my, uh, my partner w- filmed me doing a couple things and he was telling me about one of the faults and, you know, but when you see it, it just, you know, and most people are visual learners. So when they see that, you know, to tell somebody is one thing, but to actually see the mistake that you're making is, priceless. I mean, and, and that really helps. Now I still need to work on that fault, but you know, <laughs> yeah. now I know, you know, I can see exactly what mistake I'm making, of course. Right. So, right. You see it, you know it, but now making your body do it is the challenge. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Very common. Very common. Danny, what's the, uh, if you have a book or two that you'd recommend for Olympic weightlifting, maybe for beginners and, and also maybe for advanced, uh, what do you recommend and, and why? Um, Catalyst um, Athletics um, has a book, has two, um, uh, by Greg Everett. Yes. I recommend it. Not only is, is he a colleague of mine, and, uh, and I'd like to help him out any way I could, and not only because I believe and agree um, with his philosophies, uh, but even if I didn't, I'd have to say the book that he wrote uh, a couple of years back, and there's a second edition to it. I'm going to get you the exact name here in a moment. Um, I, I have both. I've read both. Um, does a wonderful job of of covering almost every aspect yes. of Olympic weightlifting possible. Uh, I, I was amazed. Again, he he writing that book um, was uh, you know one of the reasons that uh, drew me uh, to uh, I guess align myself with him. If, if you want to you know uh, call it that, yeah. Uh, because I agreed with almost every single thing he had to say in that book. Uh, a couple of things I may not have, but they're minor. Um, and I, I think the books are uh, Olympic weightlifting and then Olympic weightlifting for sports. And one is the, the big massive book, which is essentially a, a textbook for Olympic weightlifting. And then the other one is kind of the cliff notes, which is still very, very valuable because it really gives all the progressions and it's, it's really a nice, concise guide on Olympic weightlifting. So I had a feeling you might mention one or both of those books. And yeah, I have them yeah. both as well. I think they're, they're outstanding. They are. They so, cover. They cover yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. Olympic weightlifting and the subtitle is A Complete Guide for Athletes and Coaches. Yes. Uh, by Greg Everett. That particular one I'm referring to, uh, Olympic weightlifting, 
again, a complete guide for athletes and coaches. It has a volume one and a volume two. Um, uh, the one Olympic weightlifting for sports that you just mentioned is also now that's a third. I mean, they're and, and they're all great books. Uh, I, I asked him about the books, so the, the very first one uh, that he wrote, and he says, uh, you know, Danny, I I said to myself, man, I would like to make a book or create write a book that has all the questions answered that I once had when I first started learning about Olympic lifting. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the motivation behind it. Great book. It just covers everything. And, and you, yep. you you refer to it as a, as a textbook. You know, to be honest with you, if there was a course in college about Olympic lifting, this has to be the book they would get. Definitely. Yeah. It's fantastically written and a really, really excellent resource to have for sure. So as we're wrapping up, is there anything else that you'd like? I have one more question for you, but is there anything else that you'd like to um, uh, put out there as we conclude the interview? Not at the moment, not at the moment, uh, but, but go ahead with your question. Maybe, All, right. Maybe <laughs> All right. So my question is, and this is the question I really like to ask every, everyone that I interview and that is what action can people take after listening to this interview to either get started or improve their Olympic lifting skills? What's go the train, big, go, go train right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and find a good I coach. I think it's all about good coaching, right? I well, mean, yeah. And let me go back to that for a moment. Yeah, it is about good coaching uh, because you it's cool to be on YouTube, online, Facebook, and all the other social media you know, avenues and resources. It's great. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of information, a ton of, of good, good instructional things you can, you can get from the internet, but that is not coaching. Yes. Uh, right. It's more informing. Um, and, uh, I would, I would discourage anyone, um, from, you know, studying so much online and then trying to reproduce it on your own. Uh, it's a good start. It's, it's a decent place, uh, to, to go and to get it in your head, but you still need a qualified individual to watch you yes. and guide you. Um, uh, number one, it's just safer Two, It's going to minimize frustrations because when you're not producing the exact same thing you saw online, you don't know why, and you wonder why, and then you might create bad habits or create things that would not have otherwise existed. Um, there is another source of information though, since, and you've asked me about my seminar, um, is I would, I would ask everyone when you're done here, please go online to, um, my Facebook. I, I do have a, a fan page I, re I created a while back. Um, it's called Olympic weightlifting by Daniel Camargo. And uh, if you can just like that page, uh, you'll have access to a ton of, of information. I almost daily, Scott, almost daily, I post some training tip that kind of just comes up either in my head or in training in my own gym that I say, wow, I really want to talk about it. And I share a ton of information. Um, I've gotten a lot of good responses from coaches and athletes uh, alike. I might post a video. I might even challenge my, my followers. I'll post a video and ask everybody, what do you see wrong with it? Yeah, uh, I have the answer. I know the answer. I'm waiting to see. And it's just amazing to me to see what kind of responses I get. Most of the time, they're wonderful responses. And I go, wow, I wasn't thinking about that myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, would, I would say go train, find a coach. Yeah, and I, I think that's really good. Uh, just to let you know, I'm going to post a link for your website and your fan page in the show notes of this episode. And um also, yeah, your fan page actually is really good now that you mentioned that because I took a look at it a couple months back and there was something interesting on there uh, that I saw. It was a video. It was a short clip of a female doing a power clean and 
I, I don't remember the exact tip right now, but it was something new and interesting about that. And I posted, posted it on my fan page as well. So right. yeah, I remember you had a lot of good stuff on that fan page. So, um, yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a great, uh, learning resource. Thank you. So, Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm glad you feel that way. I hope others feel that way. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to tell you how, how positive and how excited I am about that fan page is that, um, some of my colleagues have even told me, Danny, you're giving away all your secrets. <laughs> That's a good fan page right there. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to hire you yeah. when you're giving everything for free? You need to charge for that. And I say, listen, again, just like going online and yeah. going to YouTube and or any other uh, videos, you see it, you understand it. Yes, I'm giving a lot away a lot of information, but you still would need a coach and hire someone. Um, to follow through with you than, than anything I may have mentioned. Um, you got to actually practice it. So yeah. uh, I, I don't care. I ignore my friend's uh, uh, suggestions on being a little bit more, uh, not quite secretive, but uh, minimizing the amount of information I go out there. But I don't care. I, again, I do this to help others. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad you, you, you enjoy it. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Danny, this has been great. I think uh, we really covered everything we, uh, we wanted to uh, talk about in this interview. And I think that, uh, I hope that listeners get a lot out of it uh, as far as the understanding Olympic lifting. So thank you so much for your time. I, again, I know you're coming off a really busy weekend and uh, I certainly appreciate it. And uh, go check out Danny Camargo. Danny, thank you so much. Thank you, Scott, for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. All right. Well, that wraps up the interview with weightlifting coach Danny Camargo. Uh, this was a great interview. A lot of lot of great uh, wisdom and insight into Olympic weightlifting. In this interview, you should have a good knowledge base of how to get started or continue your Olympic weightlifting progressions. Really, really valuable stuff that Danny shared during this interview. Again, I would just encourage you to evaluate whether... Uh, this is a fit for your training goals or not. Uh, again, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, this aligns with my training as far as uh, working to improve strength, performance, mobility, power. Uh, these, these are all the things that I'm working towards improving, um, even in my advanced training career. So, and, and I love the fact that Olympic weightlifting is about moving, movement, moving better, moving stronger. And, uh, it's really fantastic. But I, again, I just, the point is to, uh, determine whether this is a match, whether it's a fit for your training goals or not. And if it is, then, uh, definitely proceed forward with it. And if it's not, then that's okay too. But at least, uh, now you have some background, uh, knowledge and understanding of Olympic weightlifting and, uh, what it is and, uh, and you know what what it offers so and how to get started as well so a lot of resources there i'll have links to all danny's uh, contact information in the show notes for this episode and uh, again i hope you enjoyed it so let me tell you this the next episode is going to feature renowned strength and conditioning expert eric cressy of cressy performance uh, he is the featured guest in the next uh, segment of the Ardella Training Podcast, so that will be coming soon. I interviewed uh, Eric recently as well. We had a great uh, discuss discussion discussing his approaches to strength training, so really, really good stuff coming there. So uh, that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, train strong, and I'll see you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ardella Training Podcast. Be sure to go to ArdellaTraining.com to get your free copy of the Shock and Awe Protocol and other valuable bonuses. 
Become part of the new breed of fitness enthusiasts at ArdellaTraining.com. Train strong, train safe, and we'll see you next time on the Ardella Training Podcast.